Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast. Stories by leaders for leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. This is Hugh Ballou, founder and president of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, where we work with leaders to transform their skills, to transform the organizations they lead, transforming people's lives. We set up some good stuff and we do some good work and we want to make sure it continues past the time that we can lead it or the time that we can lead it or we want to lead it. Um, so we want to create a legacy. And so our, our guest today is going to talk about that. Christopher, welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. Tell people a little about who you are and your background and your passion for doing the work that you do. Well, thank you, Hugh, uh, for the not only introduction, but inviting me to your platform. Um, you know, Christopher Dora, you know, God-fearing man, first and foremost. Um, you know, I had a near-death experience. And, you know, going through what I went through uh, was, you know, typically a situation for me that made me realize that impact is what's more important. You know, what are you leaving behind? You know, how are you able to help serve others? I uh, became a thought leader, um, <clears throat> preferably to help organizations think about sustainability. Uh, in the essence of how to really think of legacy from day one. And, and really today, I want to share a little bit of insight, uh, you know, at a high level of how to approach not only legacy, but sustainability. Um, you know, being a Wall Street Journal bestseller, you know, put me in a position uh, as a thought leader, but also somebody who understands the uh, business side, as well as the impact side of nonprofits. David Dunworth is our board chair of Center Vision Leadership Foundation, and David's going to start the questioning today, Christopher. Okay, well, hi, Chris. Why did you get involved in philanthropy? Can you tell us a little bit about that? I got involved, David, uh, specifically because of my upbringing as a child. You know, being a, a young adolescent who, you know, you know, participated in the community and sports, um, you know, really setting myself, you know, up for success. I had no idea I was doing even at an early stage as a child, um, you know, participating with, you know, food pantries, you know, uh, participating in my church, uh, but also really being active in sports in the community allowed me to understand that sometimes I didn't understand the science behind how things work, but I understood the community aspect of when people came together. And that really was the driver for me uh, as I evolved into becoming uh, a better leader uh, more of a <clears throat> mature professional, I realized that <clears throat> there was a need that really impacted us in the pandemic. And being that I was already talking about nonprofits and, you know, helping them and educating them on how to become sustainable, uh, I really wanted to put some content out there that really was uh, going to be something that all these organizations can drink up and actually apply. And philanthropy for me means you know, at an early stage of my life, really giving back, not only my money, my resources, my relationships, but also, you know, really providing, you know, concepts and strategies that are tactical uh, to really allow people to understand that philanthropy is different for every person. You know, you may have the ability to cut a check and that's your philanthropy, or you may have the ability to lead somebody uh, to the well, but you can't force them to drink. 
But if you can put that person in a situation where they have resources and they have a community, now they learn the impact of working together. And that was the reason what drove me as an adult and as a professional to also focus on philanthropy. From my early child years of seeing it live, you know, participating in it, now to being a working professional that talks about legacy planning strategically. So the impact has always been instilled in me at, at the young age, and it's even bigger uh, now that I understand how to leverage resources, tactical strategies, and applications that will help these organizations or any 501c3, you know, become uh, sustainable and not have to, you know, worry about dissolving if there's ever a curveball, you know, like a, you know, pandemic or if there's ever a situation where you don't know what's happening if you don't get that contribution really being able to put organizations, people's minds at ease and knowing that their community will support them in any condition. I see. Okay, thanks. Yay. So, so Christopher, would you define um, sustainability and philanthropy, just so we're on the same page, please? Correct. Sustainability means that you don't rely on the government to cut the check to provide a grant. Uh, sustainability also means that if a donor becomes apprehensive, you know, with their contribution, things are still going to work. Lights are going to be on. Your mission doesn't stop. And I feel that sustainability really on the tactical side means how do we make sure to build an infrastructure that can really allow an organization to run on its own? Very similar to like a factory. Now, when we're talking about philanthropy, Philanthropy also is impact. Philanthropy is servitude. Philanthropy is really where we're changing lives. We're changing, you know, how things have been done before and impacting on where they're going and driving into the future. And I feel that sustainability and philanthropy are very cohesive when we're talking about organizations that really want to understand how to really build, you know, for the next 20, 40, 50, or 100 years into the future even when the person who started the organization is no longer around. So that's really when we're talking about sustainability, there's a tactical approach, but also philanthropy, there's a strategic approach and both of those work hand in hand. Super, David, you got a question? Okay. Yeah, tell, tell us a little bit about your mission. What is your mission, Chris? Well, you know, I got a second chance at life, David, you know, you know, being in the NFL, having my opportunity to get on the biggest stage in, the, in, the, in America, uh, it was amazing. However, it felt short and, and God had a bigger purpose for me. And I realized that my mission is really to educate. My mission is to really provide a clear understanding that you don't have to be a billionaire to, you know, make an impact or you don't have to only feel as if you can, you know, join your local YMCA and and help you know, children with sports, that's the only difference you can make. There are many different uh, missions and organizations that <clears throat> need to understand the information that I'm talking about. I wrote a book about it called Let's Get It. And it's something where every organization from leadership, team, and, and also people who are donors in the community need to actually read this information because when I say education, you know, I wrote the book to be able to leave that as a part of my legacy, to make sure that at some point, again, when God calls, that people will remember the impact that I've left. And that's the education of servitude and being able to really complement people's mission today 
and to make sure that they always have some type of blueprint that they can follow. And, and reading that book and being able to really absorb and apply that information will make sure that you're in a way better position as an organization than you were before. Right. So you talked about this book. So um, tell us a little bit about your book. It's called Let's Do It. No, no, no. It's called Let's Get It. <laughs> let's get it. Let's get it. Well, let's do it. Tell get us it. you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> let's get it uh was really an overall um approach to my life journey and every chapter has a meaning in each 10 of those chapters it's not a biography of when i played in the sports business it's really just you know from birth all the way to where i'm at today and in between challenges obstacles uh theory as well as uh you know tangible applications that an organization can actually learn from my experiences through my eyes. Now, being that I am a working professional, I'm experienced, I'm a thought leader. I do work with nonprofit organizations. And I understand what it takes to start and also to actually have the impact to sustain and everything in between from infrastructure and team. I really you know, wrote this book to be able to put into the hands of a youth a child, a person who wants to learn about philanthropy, but through my perspective. And I also want to make sure that I emphasize that an adult who starts an organization and leads an organization can also absorb this content. Let's Get It really is a book about sustainability. The subtitle is 10 Keys to Building Your Nonprofit to Maximum Impact. That's the challenge today. A lot of organizations, they start off with, hey, we have a mission, we have an intent to be able to serve, but they don't think sometimes outside of that box. And I think that's really where education is really key. When you provide somebody with the tools and you say, well, this is how the formula works. This is the understanding of where you can apply this at every level. Leadership, if you work within the organization or if you're an outside donor that wants to contribute you know, to the impact. So there's really a little piece of information for every audience that I felt that this book is really going to, you know, allow change. Well, that's sweet, David. You know, uh, early in your introduction, Christopher, you mentioned that you had a, ch a childhood or young teens involved in sports and that sort of thing. And you were in sports. You, apparently you were in the in the uh, National Football League, that's pretty big accomplishment. How did you transition from playing football to doing the mission that you're on now? Can you help us with that? By the grace of God, David, and I'll tell you everything that I do, I allow God to lead me into, you know, what I'm doing and where I'm going. You know, when I was a child, I played, you know, sports in the neighborhood you know with my friends it was you know let's just be active i hope kids are doing that more these days and they're playing video games but in the essence of as i transition uh into becoming a professional and i realized that sports was also an opportunity for me an opportunity in the sense that allowed me to get an education and i really understood that after playing one year high school sports and i got a scholarship to go to college in west virginia i attended university of charleston now when you go to Charleston, there's not much going on outside of you being able to stay focused. So 
I was able to graduate uh, within the three-year period, and I stayed extra to complete my master's degree. But really, my end game of why I went to college was to get my education. Sports, for me, was the stepping stone, was the, was the entry in, so I didn't have to pay out of pocket. But when I realized that the education is really what leads me today to do what I'm doing, sports was the anchor that allowed me to enter into a world I had nothing I didn't understand. But through me being per, uh, persevering and me applying myself and knowing that I went there for purpose is what really inspired me to say, you know what, if I can do this in one year at the high school level and I have the ability to play NCAA college football at that level, there's nothing holding me back, you know, being six foot seven with an 85 inch wingspan playing blindside. And I realized that even today, I still apply those same disciplines. I still apply the same work ethic, but I do it now in servitude instead of being able to pass, throw, and kick slide. And I realized that there's so many different challenges that you learn as a man evolving into your mature state, that those are the things that I'm applying now as a thought leader in the nonprofit sector. And I realized that sports has always been really what allowed me to move the way I've moved. But it was always an opportunity and a stepping stone, but it wasn't my end game. But I thank God. I thank God again. And I can't thank God enough for allowing me to see that there was so much light ahead of me, that he was using me to be a testimony to be able to share with the generations behind me, that you can use sports as an opportunity to get you where you need to go, but don't allow sports to be your end game because there's so much more outside of that sports world the impact you can make with your family, your church community, your peers. And even, you know, when you become a working professional, you use those sports um, tactics and the sports analogies that you learned along your journey to put you in a stronger position to serve. And I think really that's what I've gotten out of being a sports person from my high school years all the way through my pro days. And I'll never forget it because it put me in a position today, but I know what it's doing and the impact it's making with our youth. You know, the people who follow us today are our are, are next generation leaders. You know, some, some of our youth won't be scientists. They won't think about becoming doctors. They won't want to be business people, but they'll want to serve. They'll want to be able to impact. And how they find the opportunity to do that is through philanthropy. And where do you normally learn about philanthropy when you're a child? You know, going to your local church and volunteering, uh, being in a strong position to, you know, give your time in exchange for the service that you're helping somebody else. So I think that's really the mission where we're allowing children and youth and teens to understand that the impact you're making today, whether you think it's going to be a huge impact, could be the difference between somebody wanting to, you know, stay around and not commit suicide and not go become obese or not wanna you know, think that their, their life has been derailed because there's a pandemic and they had to stay home you know, for over a year or two. So when you think about philanthropy, it's a bigger, it's a bigger purpose than, than us of what we see in the mirror. It's really saying, well, when I'm no longer here one day, how did I change that one life? And it just takes one, one life for you to impact, for you to make a difference. Great. Thanks. So the, the subtitle for your book, is it 10 Keys to Building Your Nonprofit to Maximum Impact? Correct. Talk, talk about that a little bit, would you please? 
Well, you know, I feel that, as I mentioned before, when you think about impact, what does that really mean for somebody? It can mean different things for different people, but strategically, the, the nature of the book is to really help, you know, organizations think about sustainability differently. Sustainability in a sense that we have the ability to, you know, really put some brain power into the way we start our organizations. You know, how we're putting things together in layman terms and rules, regulations, how are we making sure to, you know, really create successors? You know, nonprofits are also corporations, they're businesses, and the only difference really is their tax status. But when we're thinking about really impacting our communities, well, we can really put together a business model around our nonprofits and really put, you know, our nonprofits in a position to generate revenue to be able to you know, think about sustainability and invest, to be able to really look at ways that you're impacting not you know, your local communities, but you know, your local state, and it can grow into national or even global. And I think that's really where, we're, when we're talking about maximizing the impact, really maximizing on your mission, because that's really what separates you from the business that has a vision and a bottom line. Well, the nonprofits, you know, they run the same way, but what, what drives them is their mission and their impact. So I feel that being able to really provide the tools for an organization to maximize their impact really starts with the leader, the leadership. And if we can actually put these tools, you know, in, in front of a leader, they will know how to not only drive their ship a lot better and more efficiently, but they're gonna also impact the people who are helping to serve to make sure that the ship stays afloat. Okay. Now, uh, Chris, I read your book and uh, you, you have, and I don't know if, if I'm going to um, um, put you in an odd position, but what was the trigger for you to leave the NFL to go into philanthropy and now philanthropy and financial services? Well, you know, I'm never, you know, in a position where God doesn't prepare me. And, uh, and I'm glad you asked that question, David. You know, my heart stopped, you know, during the game and, and during the sport. And it stopped because I dehydrated, you know, severely. And, you know, when I went through that phase of my life, I realized that there was a bigger purpose for me because I did have that outer body experience. And I felt two things. You know, on one side, it was, you know, Chris, we're ready to receive you if you're ready to come on over. But on the other side of that conscience and, and my energy, I felt God spoke to me and said, well, there's so much you haven't completed yet on your journey. You're scratching the surface. This happened to me when I was 22 years of age. And I realized that the impact that I could really make in my community, my family, and even the impact I could make for myself, I was scratching the surface. And I wasn't ready to check out. God, by the grace of God, he said, you know, we got a lot more to do, son. And I said, you know what? That's what I'm rolling with. And, and the reason why I had to eject myself and retire from the sports business, because I knew that my purpose wasn't only about football. And I go back to saying that football was a stepping stone that paid for my education, that, you know, allowed me to become who I am today. Don't get it twisted. If I didn't get hurt, I still would have been active right now, kick sliding on somebody's team and, you know, blocking for somebody's quarterback. 
However, I felt that God is using me in a whole different purpose. And I feel like this purpose now is bigger than sports. And, you know, really, I feel that, you know, being a man of God and, and being able to lead, you know, not only with servitude, it, it puts me in a position that my leadership can impact others. My leadership can also help our youth and our younger people see that there are opportunities out there, but you got to believe, you got to want to serve, and you have to understand what you're talking about. That, that's something else that I think is also important. You know, you have to prepare even in the National Football League. You have to know your plays. You have to be ready to perform. But there's no difference when you're a professional. You have to understand what you're talking about, how you're sharing it, and who's listening. And understand, you know, the impact of your words and how they're going to help others. So that's really the nature of why if it wasn't for my accident, I probably still would have been active. But because of my accident, I've learned that I have a bigger purpose and a purpose that's going to impact a lot more people than the 200 million people that watch football on Sundays. Thanks for that's sharing your vulnerability. I appreciate it. I really appreciate that. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a, that's a very top leadership trait for sure. So talk about, um, you are aligned with us in that nonprofits, nonprofits are a business, they're a for-purpose business, not a for-profit business, but we got this funny relationship with the money that does not work in our favor. Um, what do you see as the problem of the scarcity mindset that nonprofit leaders have and their relationship with money? It's that old saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And, and that's the emphasis of where there's always a challenge where many organizations, you know, they have a model that they continue to follow, but they don't update and they don't evolve. And I feel that's the biggest challenge at times where in, when you have a board that is not so active in your nonprofit, but wants to chop you at, you know, at the legs every time you bring up a new idea, it kind of slows down growth. And I think that's really where, based off my experience, if you were able to educate our board members who make the decisions for these organizations on growth, strategy, sustainability, reserves, these are some of the basic essential tools that will allow a board to make a good decision on behalf of the growth of an organization. So when we're talking about money, money is a tool. Money is something we all need, whether it's a for-profit or a non-profit, or just to think about sustainability in the essence of making sure that we don't dissolve if there's another pandemic. And I think really when we're talking about money, you know, people like myself who are financial advisors have the ability to really educate not only a nonprofit mission, but the people that serve on these nonprofit boards really about money. And, and I think really when we're talking about bringing in the right types of personnel, you know, really understanding who are we bringing to the board? Do they qualify? Really, can they bring the value? Are they giving? Are they getting? Why are they sitting on this board? That's really when we're talking about the money conversations. It doesn't only rely upon the accountant or the CFO. It really starts at the top and leadership to really educate, you know, boards really educate staff really educate our donors on why money is important and how we can use money as leverage 
And I think that's really the emphasis today that the lack of education that our leadership is not emphasizing on bringing in people who are qualified to understand money to really explain the nature and the power behind it. So that's really when we're talking about money. We should never be afraid of it because it's a tool. But if we have good intent and in how we use the money, now we're really evolving into sustainability because if we can understand the power of impact, that's really when we're thinking about a legacy because it takes money, it takes resources. And that's also spoken about highly in the Bible. We talk about money all throughout the Bible, but how are you using it with a good intent? Do you have the heart that wants to serve? And now are we letting money drive our decisions without having some strategy behind it? That, that becomes dangerous. So I believe that it starts at the top. And if, if, if there aren't professionals who are part of your board who can understand how money works, this is where I would say to reach out to your community partners and bring in specialists who can talk about money at the nonprofit level to really describe the impact of how important money really is. Well, that's a really good closing statement, David. So thank you for being our guest today. And you can find him at Christopher Dora, K-R-I-S-T-O-F-F-E-R-D-O-U-R-A. And it's .com, ChristopherDora.com. And you can see his book, you can get his book, you can contact him. And so Christopher, thank you for so much for being our guest today on the Nonprofit Exchange. Well, thank you, Hugh. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Exchange. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.